The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 10 minutes after 8 here on AM Live. Thank you so much for staying with us. And if you've just tuned in, welcome to the show. Now, this morning, for me, very, very touchy subject. The question we are asking, and I want to put it right, uh, I want to put it out there right at the very onset so that you can start calling in, start thinking about, you know, what it is that you want to contribute to this particular discussion. We are asking this morning, is crime only an issue when it affects you? Because, you know, we, we, we live in a time in South Africa where things are really, really rough. Uh, criminals are becoming more and more brazen. And some of the heinous acts of criminality being captured on camera not only serves to show us exactly what is going on, but it also does instill more fear in us, you know, because I was lying there thinking last night, I don't really feel safe in my home. When you hear a little sound, a little crack somewhere, immediately you're on alert. Depending on where you work, your safety is also not guaranteed. Some people don't feel safe in the workplace. And then, of course, as uh, the smash and grab videos and the one of uh, the petrol station robbery, that one just totally blew my mind. Because there I was thinking, you know, at least when you go to um, a petrol station, there are many people, there are cameras, there's a certain level of safety that you can expect in that sort of environment. Well, turns out not. So where are we safe as South Africans? Why have criminals become as brazen as they are? What are the contributing factors? You know, one of my colleagues was sharing um, the anecdote about um, a little girl who actually asked her mother about why nobody reacted when someone was being robbed. And as a parent, how, what do you say to your children? I mean, there are thousands of people at any given point in time on the highway and a smash and grab happens. Nobody even wants to get out of their cars. And I can understand that on some level that you don't want to get involved, that, that, that you know, the threat is still there. It's present because generally criminals don't operate in isolation. I can understand that. But are we being overrun by criminals with our permission? And this is what we are talking about this morning. And we're asking the question, is crime only an issue when it affects you personally? And then also what I would love to come through, if you have any advice of how we can be safer as South Africans, what can we do? What is it that you have done that has made you feel more safe and more secure in your environment? How do we reclaim our streets? How do we reclaim our public spaces? That is what we need to do as a nation. And yes, we can cry and moan and whinge every day, but unless and until we move over to action ourselves, this situation is not going to go away. So that's what we're talking about this morning. And in studio with me, I have Gavin Koppel, uh, uh, popularly known as uh, Danny Kay's dad. But he's not here as Danny Kay's dad this morning per se. He's here as chairman of Shout SA. And thank you so much for coming through this morning, Gavin. Thank you, Sikina. Thank you. It's a now, pleasure. You know, the, the, yep. Maybe I should start with you by just explaining mm. to us, you know, how Shout is involved in yeah. actually trying to help eradicate yes. criminality in South Africa. So the, the Shout Foundation, just to give you the Reader's Digest version, was started when um, one of our iconic entertainers, Lucky Dube, was tragically gunned down in Turfantine in 2007. 
Danny, my son, and Danny Kay and Cabello Mabalani, two friends, said, you know what? This is a world iconic musician. It's so embarrassing to know that we killed, uh, you know, the, the proverbial we. We have killed such a, an outstanding legend of music. What are we going to do about it? So they went about and they, they, the, the story gets told that they gathered all the top musicians of South Africa and they recorded a song and the proceeds of that song were given directly to NGOs that are in, this, in the space of either rehabilitation or the um, fighting of crime. You know, they also gave to the South African Police and Widow Services because honest uh, policemen gunned down in the line of duty was also something that touched them. And, you know, that's how this thing bubbled. They, they released the second song, and from the second song, again, giving money to, you know, shelters that house uh, um, women who are abused and children are abused. So th- there was a kind of a spread of, of the money that went out. And all credit to the South African public and your listeners out there that downloaded the song onto their phones. Added to that, um, we then ha- had a look at this, the subject of crime, which is, you know, very, it's on everybody's mind. It's like mm. it lives with you uh, like your shadow, 24-7, 365. And we thought, you know, some of the, the the older generation that have that have lo- that have regrettably lived without love and values are perpetuating crime because it's a way you know gangs apparently um, get members because their own their own family units don't take care of them they don't even you know show them any love or appreciation but this gang mentality is they say you welcome over here you one of us you know so we thought to ourselves how can we stop this. With children, in other words, how can we get to kids and say to them, "Look, there is a better way. There's a better way of of living. There's a better way of, of conducting yourself." So we decided, as a board, uh, and we have a very a substantial board of very clear thinking, wonderful people, and we we came to a decision that education is where we're going to hang our hat. Mm. So Zakina, what we did was we said, "Okay," we, we kind of coined this phrase that. If we don't educate, we will never eradicate the need to incarcerate. So that was the driving force, be- and it gave like us a kind of a tailwind. So whatever we do now, we are ere- erecting libraries in the most impoverished communities of our country. We've done three. We've done one on the Cape Flats. We've done one in Freedom Park, and we've done one in the Limpopo province. Because our belief is that if we catch them early, we can change them. We can give them the right value system. So this crime thing is, 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 is a subject which your listeners will all weigh in on, and they will have excellent, excellent points. But unfortunately, with limited resource, the Shout Foundation can't do everything. But there are very, very good NGOs out there that are contributing towards the things that I said. Mm. There are churches. There are, oh, there, there's a lot of great people in the country. And by the way, um, just on the police, you know, I know that's a, a very hot topic and people who've bared the brunt of some police uh, violence, etc. you know, there's no excuse for that. However, we also do believe that we can't paint and taint everybody with the same brush. You know, there are some wonderful members of the South African police services that are embarrassed by this. They go out there and they do their job and they also want to see an end to this. But it would be interesting to hear your listeners' point of view because if we can create that dialogue, which your show is in fact doing, then we can take away something from one another and be all the better for it. Mm. And, and I like the suggestion of, you know, education leading the way, because as you say, I, I, I can't remember who said it now, but it's something that I was listening to either this morning or yesterday. And someone said what needs to happen in South Africa is that people need to be given free education and 
up to tertiary level because and and he went on to say mm-hmm. I, I remember now he was a caller onto a radio program and and he actually went on to say that for him mm-hmm. you know if 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 he were given the opportunity to go to tertiary then it would take him off the street he wouldn't have time to sit and you know protest because at the moment what's happening is you have young people sitting idly yes. in the townships Absolutely. especially and if anybody comes with anything that go. means to yep. occupy their time, they are so willing to just go with it so that they're doing something. Absolutely. But I also like what you say about, you know, family and family values and catching them young. Mm. Because we all know who the criminals are. Mm-hmm. If your son doesn't have a job and comes home with a top of the range 2015 car, where did he where get did he it get from? It? Yeah. How yeah. did he get that car? Right. If your mother and your sister and your aunt doesn't have a job, goes to town, comes back with shopping bags. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, let me just pull it right back. I was very fortunate, as many of your listeners were, to have parents that loved us, but they also disciplined us. I could never see myself if I was on a on a bus and there was a lady older than me standing and I was sitting. I would give my seat up to that lady. I would open the car door for my mom when she went to shop or, or something, when she got into the car. You know, it's the little things that tell a lot. And I think that those things of values, of respect, are very important amongst moms and dads to give to their children, to... You know, that old saying that the best sermon is example Mm. is to stop us, you know, because I'm sure these kids and the teenagers must get tired of us saying, you know, in my day and all of that. I know it's boring and that, but if we can, through our own example, treat the security guard or the policeman with respect and thank him for the service that he does for the community and just create a value system that hasn't, not highfalutin and intellectual. Get down to basics. So when when children grow up, they know what's right and they know what's wrong. And again, to love your children, to hug your children, to tell them how important they are to you is very significant in, in letting them grow up to know that this is a mom or a dad or an uncle or a, or a grandmother that I can go to when I'm faced with a, a decisive issue about doing right or wrong. You know, sometimes we're all young and we struggle with decisions. We need, it's no good living in a vacuum mm. and, and being alone. We need that person or that uh, a, a niece or that nephew that, or an uncle that says, you know what, this is what you should do. Mentorship, that's, that's what mm. I'm trying to get at, Zakina. I think mentorship is very important. And all of us, you know, there's a lovely saying, if each one will teach one, I just believe in that. If we can pay that forward. I think our society will be better. And we need to do some soul searching as society and, 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 and really be honest with ourselves. Poverty is no excuse for criminality. That's People it. have been poor forever and a day. People in other countries and even in communities that we know of are still poor, and yet they do not turn to crime. So what is it? Why are we trying to justify this uh, criminal behavior that we see when perpetrated by those close to us? Now, when crime happens in front of you, what do you do? How mm. do 
you respond to that? Do you try to help the person or do you simply walk away because it doesn't affect you personally? Yeah. I want to hear from you this morning. 0891-104-208. And also, what is the motivation behind any given action that you take as it relates to crime? And when the car in front of you is hijacked, what is your response? Do you try and find a gap where you can squeeze through and get away as far as possible? Do you do a U-turn illegally even and uh, just get away from the scene of the crime as fast as you can? Why do we do that? Yeah. Why do we run away when there is someone clearly in distress right in front of us? Let's talk about it. 891 That's the number on which you can call in and you can SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. And our guest this morning, uh, Gavin Koppel, who is chairman of Shout SA. Let's go to David in Durban. Good morning, David. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to uh, to the guest. Welcome. Uh, what, what, why traffic, you know, I don't even know where to start, but anyway. Um, um, firstly, I think uh, we need to actually have a new generation that is going to be hands-on, that is going to be, you know, standing out for each other, because in the current situation, uh, people are so discouraged, mm-hmm. um, I think, because of, of, of the rate of, you know, unlicensed um, um, our weapons which are actually in our communities. And, 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 and also the fact that we, we haven't yet had, up until now, a, a decisive you know, way forward when it comes to guns, you know, especially illegal guns in our society. One, I think, I think people and, politi- and politicians as well, they tend to just put a blanket over this thing. I don't know whether, actually one guy said to me, and it was very, very bad, but it was very, very true, that you know what, there are, as long as there are some people in authority who benefit from crime, there's little that's going to be, be, that's going to be done. Mm. It? Because a whole lot mm-hmm. of things that will happen, you get secret companies that are actually obviously being formed now more and more. These, these businesses, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there, but if you look at it, the way they get money is because there's crime. Mm-hmm. So, if, if 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 these things are actually going to to go to to be going up to be going on going on, that's you you actually wonder who is actually behind it. So actually, it needs a generation that can actually like 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 what we are we are discussing now. That you know that's my start really said no, I will stand up for crime. And the second issue, I also suffered from crime before, but even before then, my stance on crime was that you know what, if it's something that's happening. In, and I'm in the, in the vicinity. I did something about it. I've done something about it before because I suffered, you know, we, we had our house broken into. And the funny thing, Sakina, the funny thing is that, you know, it's a main road, right? And directly opposite my, our main road, we had about like 12 or 14 workers who were working, building, constructing a house, right? But you ask all of them, not even one saw a thing. Hmm. Not even one, so I think. So I think for me, really, really, it needs. No, we need to be actually decisive about the illegal um, uh, uh, weapons. And the other embarrassing thing, man, is the SAPS. But it's not fair again, as you say that. You no, know, there are some very, very good cops out there this who is are true. really, really embarrassed. And but we also need to own our culpability when it comes to the police and other law enforcement exactly. enforcement agencies. Because aren't we the ones who go and bribe them? Aren't we the ones, yeah. as society, when our brothers, sisters, fathers, whoever is incarcerated, right. who go there behind the mm. scenes and try to get them no, out? No, no, no. Sakina, you are you are very very right, and um and I think we have now come to, at a point whereby we not need only take blame, but also to do an intros- introspective. Like um, I think the important the important point you raised earlier about parents, 
if you see your son or your daughter or whatever mm. coming home with an expensive car and they're, they're not working and you welcome that that is really really for me i thank god that you no know, i had i had parents as well that were actually very very loving and actually mm. would discipline us okay but i think it's, it's embarrassing that's all i can say thank you so much Thanks. david in durban uh, let's get to a few more callers tabo in germiston good morning morning how are you sakina well and you tabo Fine, thanks. Um, no, I just want to touch on the issue of uh, crime. You know, the issue of crime in itself is perpetrated by someone who is in the authority. And in that, in that essence, like maybe I'll take the issue of the, the rhino poaching. You ask yourself, since 2000, if you check the, the figures, is is so disgusting because since 2000 there was measure in place and all the authority were aware that okay they should uh, keep that thing but because of the the money involved in there you ask yourself why the figure are so rising like when they were supposed to decrease but instead we don't see anything happening because uh, like i think someone is getting a fed check there but anyway that's not for me to say but however i'm just saying like even to us like as an ordinary citizen if a crime is happening before me i feel scared to report because i'm asking myself am i doing the right thing if i report and also because sometimes you, you report the same person that you reported will tell you that okay tomorrow you'll see me walking on the street and you will also come and maybe kill me for saying you think you are better because I can I know uh, I, I know so and so in this uh, police department and so forth and also come to our police they've been given a nice weapon and whatever you mentioned all the names but are not doing enough mm. you see the, the same weapon are being used uh, by the criminal you heard that okay yeah, I think there are figures that were released maybe earlier last year that okay some weapons were taken from the uh, from the police department so I'm, I'm just saying you know that's my view mm. like, you know. thank you so much Tabo uh, Gavin mm. uh, you know it's, the, the listeners are, are, are you know if you really want to know about crime go speak to the people on the ground these are people that are affected every day they can see the the disparity between um, those in the in the suburbs with the high walls and the security guards and the pump action shotguns that are you know and and then you've got people who live in Ikasi that have got very little protection they've got um, the the only thing they've got and I hope that is their community that will help them if criminals do invade the territory you know so. I think what what we're dealing with over here is is such a slippery subject. You know, you try and grab it on the on the one hand, and it pops out. It's a very difficult subject, but I just think that if we can, as a society, understand exactly what uh, David said, where he said, "Look, if you and as what you said, Zakina, which is so true, you see a big flat screen TV coming into the house. You know, you know that the person cannot afford it." Do we do we have the guts? And that's a question we all need to look at ourselves in the mirror. Do we have the guts to report on that? Are we going to be scared of uh, some revenge, intimidation? If we're behind a car and we see a bag snatching, you know, people are very scared, you know, because they don't know, even if they do intervene. It's all very well to say it on, you know, behind a microphone. But when you're in that reality... Your nerves are, are, are on edge. You know, you, you mm. witness this thing and your adrenaline is pumping uh, 10 to the dozen. 
it's very hard to be a hero. There are some that will stand up and, and bless them. But, but shouldn't more of us be standing up? Shouldn't we present no. a united front against yes. crime? But sometimes I'm saying the individual who witnesses the, the act of violence is very scared for their own, um, uh, you know, for, the, for themselves to be harmed or to get in the way of the crossfire. So I wouldn't advocate. I, I'm sorry to say this. Mm. Maybe it's a bit disingenuous. No, no, no. It's, I wouldn't it's advocate good. that you go and get injured because you, you, you want to help. I'm saying that reporting crime, uh, using uh, the, the South African police uh, hotline to, 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 to give information. But be very careful. I don't want one of our citizens to get harmed. I really don't. And Isn't that what is causing you know, the proliferation that we are seeing? Because the criminal element knows that we are not going to risk our lives. Uh, listen to what Ngobile is saying on Twitter. Uh, we do notice crime since the news reports it every week, but we feel so much more fear and a lack of hope when mm. we are the victims. And Malcolm the third, uh, the second says um, simply nobody wants to take a risk or fall for somebody else's victimization. People do get killed for doing the right thing. So I think, you know, that in part is what we are grappling with here. Yep. 25 minutes before nine. And thank you so much for tuning in on the forum at eight this morning. We are asking you, is crime only an issue when it affects you directly? Now, we have spoken about the issue that criminals have become so brazen. And the question is, are they taking advantage of us? Are they taking advantage of the fact that ordinary peace-loving and law-abiding South Africans will not band together and that, uh, if anything, they will run for the hills? Are we taken advantage of, given that criminals, as um, some of our callers pointed out, may have some law enforcement officials in their pockets? I mean, what is going on here? But should you be looking the other way? Is it only a big issue when you are affected directly by crime? Because seemingly that's the trend that's emerging. Anecdotally so, I must just put that out there because I cannot prove that empirically. But uh, we are in conversation this morning with Gavin Koppel, Chairman of Shout South Africa, and joining us now is Howard Dembowski, and um, he is also the National Chairperson of the Justice Project South Africa. Thanks for coming through. It's only a pleasure and and I think I'd like to start off by saying that most certainly our criminal elements are taking advantage of the fact that people don't band together. Uh, The fact is that yes, it is very risky for an individual to jump out of their motor car when they see someone now smash and grabbing. But if a whole lot of motorists do it, you've got a different story on your hands. I'm not advocating mob justice because that's another rising Mm. trend in this country and we need to avoid that at all costs. However, I think we need to start taking back our streets from, from the criminal elements and the criminal elements that wear badges and carry guns as well. Because I'm afraid to say that the reason that these people have become so brazen is a mixture of public complacency and, unfortunately, police collusion. And it's not fair to brand all policemen as being corrupt and all policemen as not giving a damn about crime in our country. However, we have seen multiple and repeated attacks by policemen on civilians. We've seen criminality from policemen on civilians. This kind of thing has to be got a hold of and we need to actually tackle this in a very assertive fashion. Quite frankly, 
People need to start becoming active citizens in South Africa. We have a situation where we have a whole lot of parasitic passengers sitting around in South Africa. It's everybody else's fault and it's everybody else's problem until it affects us in our personal uh, capacities. Then it's a national disaster in our opinions. But we will sit by and watch a woman get raped. Now, what kind of society does that? We need to examine our inner uh, selves and say to ourselves, there are times that you do have to get actively involved. And these smash and grab situations, look, they're very well planned, etc., etc. Mm. But when somebody's screaming in your street outside your house. At 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. in the morning, don't go lock yourself in the bathroom. Get people around you to come out. Organize proper neighborhood watches, and I'm not advocating uh, again. The a uh, lot of CPFs have turned into weekend warriors. I'm not, uh, and uh, as are police reservists. Okay, these are people that need to take out their uh, inner desire to mm. abuse people. We don't need that kind of thing. We need neighborhood watches. We need lots of eyes on the street. Trust me, all criminals. It doesn't matter who they are. Don't like to commit crimes where everybody can see them. There are a few criminals that will do it brazenly in front of everybody. And of course, then the question arises, what is the underlying cause of this criminality that we are dealing with in South Africa? And I'm I'm very sure there's no simple answer to this, but I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe you'd like to comment on that. 0891-104-208. Lines are blazing, so let's take some calls. Um, Mutsipe and Soshanguve, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. And your guests as well. Um, I would say yes, to answer your question, yes, um, People do take advantage of us, especially killing us. The fact that we're not really getting up together, fighting and assisting one another, um, it gives them sort of a leverage to continue to do what they're doing. But um, in relation to this, the major contributor to this situation, in my own view, as you said correctly now, there is not a simple answer as to what is the underlying answer. I think our criminal system, criminal justice and this has a direct link to the rise in South Africa. You know, we, our rise really, really, they mess up things because you, you can watch somebody trying to rob somebody with a gun and actually kill that person. But as soon as somebody takes a gun and protects that person, that person will be criminally charged and probably face a jail sentence. So it, it is so sad. Many, in many occasions, on a very rare station, raised the issue about Marawas. But last Saturday, just as an example, I, I gave an example of people robbing and breaking into other people's cars. Your guest spoke very well about a client, you know, what you call special dress. Mm-hmm. But these guys, did, there were four of them. Then they attacked, and unfortunately, I must state this, they are targeting white people. And they did this to this white uh, uh, oak. And he turned around his car and faced the oncoming truck. and chased them, and he, he got them. After receiving them, um, he took out a dustbin. Guess what? I was the only one who went out of the car. And those boys were four. And they picked up bricks and overpowered him. They took his phone. They still started, he was driving a bike. started taking stuff out of the bike. The people were just shouting in the church. They said, hurrah, hurrah. Beat him, beat him. But there's nothing that is happening. And he was so sad. But as an example, in our own community, houses were broken a lot. 
But the students started, and I'm not advocating for vigilantism, mm. but the students started taking action, doing something, something illegal. I must tell you, it has actually stopped. The other day I left the keys on my own door and went to work the whole day. The door was open. Nothing was taken from my house. Not because of the winning kingdom, but they know that when we catch you in that area, we will do something about you. Yes, we'll take you to the cops, but before that, we'll try and teach you a lesson or two. Uh, we do not encourage that, Mutsipe, but um, yes, yeah, yes, yeah th- th- that's your reality. And and, and yes, I just want to be very clear. Is. Thanks, Mutsipe. I want to be very clear. We are not, you know, yeah. uh, promoting, advocating for vigilantism. Definitely. Yeah. That in itself is an indication of people's levels of frustration, I believe. The fact that they perhaps feel that law enforcement is not doing enough and therefore they need to do something about the problem themselves. They need to basically drive out that criminal element themselves. No, absolutely. And, you know, Howard says the right thing. Until we show collective backbone, and it's not individual, it's collective backbone, and we rise up as a community and as a society and we, you're right, Howard, maybe seven of us have got to jump out of our cars and band together and, and apprehend. If we know that, we yeah. will all jump out. And if the smash and grabbers know that people are going to jump out, surely they're going to have to think of something else. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and there's non-lethal solutions that you can revert to. You know, the fact is that there's, there's uh, pepper sprays that, that you can use, which are very, very effective. But for goodness sake, don't go and buy the aerosol type because you're the, probably going to be the one who actually gets it in the face. Get the, the solid stream um, pepper spray. And if everybody jumps out of that and gives the smash and grabbers or the rapists or the robbers or the muggers, etc., a good old squirt in the face with that, trust me, they're going to lie down, cry like babies, and you can then wait for the police to come and collect these people and take them off and let the criminal justice system uh, deal with them. However, we also need to understand that the the rising crime, the rising violent crime, etc., etc., is not just a result of public complacency. The public complacency actually goes a lot further than that because we do not demand that our criminal justice system deals with these people in in the appropriate fashion. How many times do we hear of people who are out on bail committing crimes? Mm. They've been granted bail after being charged on serious crimes. They violate their bail. They are then given bail again. Mm. Now, that's completely contrary to the conditions of bail. If you violate your conditions of bail, you are supposed to be detained until such time as you stand trial. But here we hear about armed robbers, rapists, murderers, being out on bail, being uh, committing another crime, being granted bail again, committing another crime, being granted bail again. There's just, something seriously wrong that, with the system. Yeah, how, uh, absolutely. Let me just say also, please understand this. If you're going to be exposing crime in your neighborhood, then a police docket gets opened. You will have to go to court. You will have to make a statement in our criminal justice system. Mm. We have had reports to shout where somebody did this. They were active citizens. They were patriotic South Africans. And what happened? These people burnt their house down in, in, in the townships. 
Now, you Isn't know, there it, an anonymous way of doing this? There is an anonymous way, but I think when it gets to, to, to the, the courts, you cannot be anonymous. You have to stand up and, you know, your ID number, who you are, etc. So people are very reluctant because they're not protected. Another problem is people report crime, dockets go missing. All of a sudden, this whole case has now, you know, sorry, disappeared. We must be careful of, you know, the criminal justice system is so flawed. And I'm asking the question, where do we start with this thing? When you've got one in a hundred policemen, as a report just came out, committing crimes, aiding and abetting crimes, you have a massive problem. So we are dealing here with the subject of, the you know the the results of 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 this, but what are the, the these causes is what we need to g- grapple with. Mm. Is crime just another thing, uh, something that we deal with, something that we live with? Uh, the question we are asking more pointedly this morning is whether crime is only an issue when it affects you directly. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. Ntabi Singh in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Uh, crime is an issue and it, it affects me and everyone. I mean, I'm affected by crime in Kailija, just like any other person who's affected by crime in Constantia. But I have a problem with the police as much as we don't have to brand them all corrupt. Here in Kailija, we have about three police stations, like in A section, Harari, and, and, and Side B. The police knows the, the people that are selling tick. Crime here is mostly committed by guys that are using tick. The, com- the community has marched to the police station, you know, to name all these households that are selling tick to young men who are committing crime. But the station commander in those police stations have done absolutely nothing. Mm. That's and and, 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 and that's a problem not only in Kailicha, it is nationwide. But thanks for raising that. Let's go to um, Amanda in Johannesburg. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, Sakina. Uh, just two points from me. The first point being that as long as there is demand for stolen goods, we will struggle stopping crime. Uh, so if people still buy from back doors and stuff like that, Mm. struggle. And then the second point is with the justice system, it's not that you will be arrested, but if they are sure that once you're arrested, you will be in jail, then I think that will be the solution. Because now people commit crime, get arrested, go out on bail. The system is just fading us. And you report crime, then you have to go to court 20 times before the matter is really dealt with. It gets postponed and all that. And at some point in time, you just give up because you, you can't waste your time going to court all the time because you also okay. have to, to work. So if the justice system is also not up to scratch, then we are, we are going to struggle. Thank you so much, Mandla. Dawn, you're also in Johannesburg. Good morning. Morning, Sakina. How are you? Good, thanks. Ah, fine, man. Hey, we're in trouble in South Africa, Sakina, man. You know, I have been checked three times. Understand? Those people who checked me, I can say, not, I don't know, maybe defend by South African or what, because there were Zimbabwe people, especially the second high checks. But luckily I've got my car in Alexander. I won't blame the police on this thing. But if you are a South African, we've got fingerprints that they can check you, they can get you easier. But what, what about those people who are coming 
nothing approved. They haven't got. That's the problem. We are not safe in South Africa. I don't know what can I say. There is a next country in Botswana. Are you, I'm a driver. I used to drive uh, Africa and South Africa. Botswana is 100%. I can't say 100%. Just because Botswana government, they look after their people. You can't go there and do anything wrong in front of everybody. They look after each other. I can say... I like South Africa, but at the moment, I don't know what can I say. Thank you, Fakina. Thank you, Don. And uh, Romeo, you're driving to Cape Town. Welcome. Yes, hello. Hi, can Romeo. Can hear you, yes. I'm driving, man. I think um, I'm beginning to lose the network. How are you? Well, thanks, and you? Yes. I just wanted to contribute on this uh, topic. My worry is, even if the police can work so hard, I think if the constitutional system of uh, judicial system is the one that I think is not properly uh, good in terms of uh, sentencing a person in the prison. I mean, people feel like uh, go out there to commit a crime and come back to prison when they are really accommodated, uh, being treated nicely, like a person must feel that a prison is a bad place to be, so that people does not commit a crime, fear to commit a crime, and above all, also part of it, the police must also be given an attractive salary so that they commit themselves to do the job wisely. And sometimes you go there to report it to police and they want to interrogate you as a reporter. That is why sometimes people look at it and just ignore everything. Okay. So I can see. Thank you so much, Romeo. Drive safely. Peter and Grahamstown, good morning. Uh, excellent guest you've got there. Now, self-interest is usually the big motivator in most things. And this, this uh, issue of reacting to crime is no exception. But I want to compliment an extremely brave uh, cause a man by the name of Tembinkos Makazi. He reacted uh, with no benefit to himself to our situation, not once but three times. And there is no way that other normal people could do what he did. But if we had people like him around, he'd, admittedly he'd lost one of his animals on the um, nearby farm where he was renting grazing and then merely took a leg off the animal. So he hated criminals with a passion. And he came over and it would make for good radio if I told you the whole event, how he, how he actually did it. But to have him around was an absolute asset. But the issue is other people haven't really learned from him because they lived, he, he's now moved up to Elliot in Transcar and he said there they have a system which seems to work where they all get together. So there are areas in this country where uh, things are working. But mm. I've, I've actually reacted because crime focuses your attention. And my father was killed while sick in bed. And yesterday I had the siren which saved my life um, fitted with a relay um, that can actually work from the 12-volt system um, because one has got to depend on neighbors. Now, this siren can be heard a kilometer away. But your guest is excellent and we need to return to the subject and you need to read your email and phone our local police because I've done something here which has okay. been accepted by the police in Grahamstown and uh, it's 
stuck in the pipeline, as I've said. All so right. let's get going, improving the police accountability and service delivery, because that is a big issue in this in this whole thing. So- we'll take a look at that. I'll look out for that email. Thanks, Peter and Grahamstown. Bonagele and Kailicha, good morning. Okay, good morning to you and good morning to guests. You know, uh, you made some contradicting statements here. You know, to say uh, when people are, someone is shouting, don't lock in, into your into the bedroom, go and run to the bedroom or toilet, go and help. But on the other hand, he's talking about he's not uh, advocate for promoting more of this. When you're going to go out, Okay, uh, Bonagela, unfortunately, that line deteriorating very badly can barely hear what you're saying. Let me read a few messages here. IG says, I was mugged in Josie CBD around five. People just watched. Ubuntu doesn't exist in Johannesburg. Luandile says, crime's out of control because these people who commit these acts, they know that they won't stay in jail in today out tomorrow five minutes before nine and so many messages coming through here i want to read a few of them before i uh, give the final word to our guest this morning joe in cape town and joe you sent this one yesterday and i kept it um joe says what the traffic officers did to that woman um the one who uh, they took money from where the firearm was pointed at the child he says that is not taking a bribe they robbed that woman at gunpoint, mm-hmm. all for 90 rand. So let's just be clear about what this actually is. Shabir says, uh, multi-fact- uh, multifactorial contributing factors, uh, criminals more protected than the victim, corrupt police, convicted criminals released with very little rehab or punishment, poverty and unemployment, and a lack of moral values and a lack of religion, amongst other things, is what leads us to where we are right now. This one says, Sakina, why do you speak? as if crime is done by Africans only and only in townships. If I gave that impression, it certainly was unintended because uh, I, 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 it certainly is not what is meant here. Uh, Joe and Peter Maritzburg says we are living in a, a societal setup in which everyone is for himself and God for all of us. You have to mind your own business. So how is that working for us? minding your own business right now. And uh, Bruno in Durban says, most of the kids who are in crime are from single mothers who should fight uh, the root cause. Otherwise, they will keep on talking forever. Really, Bruno? I'd like to see some evidence of that because there are so many great single parents Mm. who raise the most fantastic children. So I'm I'm not sure I buy into that. And uh, Chawe and PE, we promoted professional sport to the demise of, nah, that's not got anything (laughs) to do with what we're talking about. So, you know, those are some of the messages uh, coming through. And, you know, people obviously are concerned about the issue. But clearly, we don't know what to do in order to move forward. We want to do something, but what do we do? Let me start with you, Howard. The first thing that we need to do is we need to stomp out corruption. And I want people to really seriously consider this. Next time that a traffic uh, law enforcement or any law enforcement official stops you and says, if you give me 200 bucks, you can go and I'm going to let you get away with your crime. And you say, deal, and you give that person that money. You must not come and complain that a drug dealer is doing exactly the same thing. The fact is we need to have a societal change in attitude towards corruption. That is the root of this. Secondly, Ubuntu 
needs to be practiced, not spoken about. Unfortunately, there is no such thing in South Africa in general right now. It's very, very sad. It's all for, uh, all for themselves, not all for one and one for all. And the fact is there is a huge difference between going to the defense of somebody and retaliating on a criminal and beating their head in with a rock at the roadside, etc., etc. Those kind of things must be actively discouraged. But why can't we go to the assistance of a victim of crime who is being robbed in broad daylight in front of all of us? Mm. If we go collectively, yes, there's a risk that you might be shot by that criminal. But that criminal can't shoot 10 or 20 people at once. Okay, and you can grab him and you can stop him. The fact is our police need to get serious about their jobs, but they're not going to do that unless we, as citizens of South Africa, demand that they do. And it's not useful to engage in Afrophobia and say it's everybody else's problem, it's everybody else's fault. Crime in South Africa is now only committed by people who come from other African countries. What a load of absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Howard Dembowski. Kevin? Yeah, I think Howard, uh, you know, is very eloquent and he, he really does kind of wrap up the show with some excellent uh, analogies and advice for all of us to take forward. He's right. We need to find our sense of Ubuntu. That's something that we generated for the world to be proud of. I think he's right about, again, he's, he's correct about corruption. A uh, study just done, reported yesterday or today, is that in the 20 years of our democracy, Corruption has cost our country 700 billion rand. Now, that's 700 billion. If we just would understand that, how much housing could we provide? What services to the poor, what medical services attention could we provide? It's a massive number. Does crime affect you even if you're not affected? You know what I mean? The, the, the broad subject that you introduced, Zakina, Absolutely, because all our goods and services go up. Um, the fiscus is affected. Every single part of crime touches us in ev- at every single level of our society. Mm. If we can make it, and I'm saying, don't look at a grandiose scheme of, you know, like a big white paper on crime. Start in your own street. Start with yourself. Start with your family. Start instilling values within your own culture within your own circle. And that is how we begin a wave that we can eventually break the back of crime in our country. And hopefully uh, today's program would actually, you know, propel you to do something in that regard. Get your neighbor's number. Do you even know who your neighbor is? But, you know, get somebody's number. Try and do something. Uh, Chris Drift, I think I'm going to give you the last word here, says, as long as the punishment does not exceed the benefits of the crime, even our involvement wouldn't help. But I would like to think that there is something that we can do. That's where we're going to leave it. Thanks to our guest this morning, Howard Dembowski, uh, the National Chairman of the Justice Project South Africa, and Gavin Koppel, Chairman of Shout SA. And to you, as always, thanks for your fantastic participation and to the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear. It's a minute after nine. Time for news with Vibakshni Chetty Miller.